Thursday, October 22nd, 2015. You're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. My name's Steve Say, and this evening I'm joined by Mr. Justin Townsend. Hello. How you doing, man? Good. Tired. Tired. Exhausted. It's actually quite quiet in here. You could probably just take a nap. I probably could. Yes. It's There's no one else here. No. It's just you and me. Why? I don't know. Bob's doing wedding stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't get married. <laughs> no, don't tell him that. No, I'm kidding. Get married. It's awesome. And Jackie is... I don't know where Jackie is. She's acting. Oh, that's right. She's filming a movie. Yeah. She's, uh, there, she's filming the Halloween movie tonight. So she's out. I'm in. I'm back on the show. I haven't been on the show, I feel like, in two weeks. Yes, you've missed the last two weeks. Ugh. I missed last week. And I'm here next week, and then I'm in Canada for like two shows worth. I suck. You're just a part-timer at this point. I I know. It feels that way lately. I don't like it, but I've been I've been really busy lately. I've had a lot of stuff going on. It happens. So, so how have you been? What's up? Um, let's see. Last week I was not here because I had six uh, sick children, so that's always fun. I thought you were going to say you had six children. I well, was like, good what? God, watch me go walk in traffic. <laughs> I haven't been away that long. No. Six kids. Uh, no, the, the kids were sick last week, and so I uh, stayed home to help take care of them. Uh, both fine now. Um, haven't seen you since before we went to Comic-Con. That is true. Comic-Con's all right. I don't think I'm going to go anymore. I there are times during Comic Con when I wish that I didn't have to go in in the capacity and in the position that I do when I go. I have a really good time working for Joe Blow when I'm there, but oh my god, it is so it's so exhausting. I bet it's so exhausting. I had it was I didn't really get to talk about this on the comics podcast because I only talked about. Um, did you hear about the Blade Rave? Uh, yeah, you told us about it. Yeah, that thing was. Mind-blowing. It was probably my favorite part of the weekend. But outside of that, I had technical difficulties out the ass. Uh, I was doing interviews with Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless in the cast of Ash vs. Evil Dead. And I brought our friend Lauren with me because we needed a camera person. I She jumped in and saved the day. And three seconds into my Lucy Lawless interview, and she is... Like, she's a firecracker. She was taking the piss out of everybody that she encountered that day. And so I'm already nervous because it's Lucy Lawless. She could just snap me like a twig anytime she wants if she doesn't like my, my questions. Somebody's calling me. Don't I don't talk to you right now. So um, the camera decides after three seconds worth of footage to stop working right in the middle of everything. And I was also using the Zoom recorder for the interview is backup audio because you can't just record with the camera but because it's a press line and everybody's compacted into this like mob of cameras and people and pushing like people vying for a position and a better angle and whatever uh i had the zoom recorder in my pocket and the loop of my pocket pressed against the record button while we were being shuffled around and paused my audio so i had no audio and the video died so what'd you do? So I run back to the table and Lauren's like, this thing doesn't work anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it, you can't, it has to work. And she's like, it's not working. So in the end, I'll spare you the fact that we had to go back to the table on like on three occasions to try and figure this out. Um, we ended up using her iPhone, like the most unprofessional thing possible that you can use in a situation like that 
and we recorded the rest of the interviews on an iPhone with sometimes I had audio and sometimes I didn't because the button kept on getting pressed from being jostled around with all of these people. Fun. So that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare. Uh, we decided to not use any of the footage. I have it for my own personal whatever, but I'm not running it because it's terrible. Yeah. And I felt like I felt awful about it. My bosses didn't care. They said it was fine. Uh, we have we had a press junket with them two days later where we got all the stuff we needed. So it was like a mulligan kind of situation. But holy shit, man, I I was upset. I would be, too. I hate interviews. I was so upset. If I was in your position, I would have probably just went home. <laughs> it was bad. I lost uh, I lost cosplay footage. I lost uh, like personal photographs. Uh, Bronwyn and her friend Jill came out. They were Thor and Loki. And we took, like, you know, really nice photos and stuff, all gone. That sucks. Everything gone. But uh, I had to double up. I made up for it. Uh, I missed a ton of stuff. But uh, I had a good – I mean, despite all that stuff, I still had a really good time. I always, in the end, have a really good time at Comic-Con. We stayed at the Yotel this year for one night. And when we got there, they had upgraded us at no charge. That's cool. So we had, like, the king room with the jacuzzi and the terrace and all this stuff. And we were supposed to have a room with like a single bed and a bunk bed. And we were just going to use what we could. And then it turned out that we had this, you know, mega cool room or whatever. And um, like a lot of the creators stay there. Like you can run into Jamie McKelvey or uh, Kieran Gillen in the elevator, like dancing around to Robin and stuff like that. Uh, Lauren's got some stories that she could tell you. But so, okay. So if you didn't have to go, you wouldn't go. No, I don't think so anymore. Just too many people. I got whacked in the head with too much cosplay, just trying to walk. And it's just, it's overwhelming. And I can find better deals on the internet. All right. So I think I'm done with Comic-Con. I think you're done. Yeah. It's just, it's just a way, there's, it, it's way overcrowded and there's no room to walk. And trying to find, like, scour to f- try and find deals. It's like I could find better better deals sitting in my underwear on the computer. Well, okay, so what did you actually do? Like, I know, like, you didn't have a good time, but what did you... I just walked around the, the show floor. I mean, I had okay. nothing to do this year. You didn't go is, to Artist Alley? Didn't go to Artist Alley. Like, I, I look at this room. I have no room on the walls for any more stuff. Yeah, but there's creators selling books in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they are, man. <laughs> like, but because I don't care, like, I don't really care about meeting the creators or talking to them or anything like that. Like, <laughs> I don't care how the meat gets made. I just want to eat it. Oh, my God. Even with like video game stuff, and I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but like I have like whenever I listen to a podcast and they have a developer on or anything, I'm just like, oh my god, fast forward. Like I could care less. I'm the same way, unfortunately. Um, so like it's the same with comic books and stuff. It's like I don't really care what Dan Slott has to say about anything. I just want to read Dan Slott's Spider-Man comic, and so that's like that's it. Like I go to Comic Con to like look for a art which I've run out of room for, or B deals on books, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't really find anything. I ran into Dan Slott on the street. I think it was Saturday night and I didn't get to say anything to him before we locked eyes. And just as I was about to open my mouth, he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he just put his, puts his fingers up and he goes like finger guns. He goes, Hey, I was like, what the fuck is happening? He's shorter than I thought he was. Gonna he's be. amazing. He's amazing. I love his beard. His beard is mighty. It is. I like him. Other than that, um, I've been um, playing some games. Uh, I've actually played a decent amount of games in the last like two weeks. As and uh, been watching Met playoff games, which has taken years off my life. All right. I'm going to. OK, we're going to have to travel back to Comic-Con after this. But we I want to ask you, we have a question, don't we? 
Yes, Nick asked us a question about Mets. Do you remember what it was? Yes, I do. It's actually in front of me. Good. Uh, Nick asks, uh, at the Nick JP, uh, and it's directed to me, uh, would you give up video games for a whole year to see the Mets and uh, Mets slash Jets win a championship? So the easy answer is Jets, no. Mets, just let me sign the contract right now. And you- I would 100% give up video games for a year to watch the Mets win a championship, which they're shockingly close to you went to one of the games yeah i went to um i went to round one uh home game number two which happened to be uh an elimination game the mets are leading in the series two games to one and it's a best of five in the first round so they could have clinched and moved on to the, the nlcs or the you know the final four teams in baseball uh but they lost that game of course and uh, they ended up winning Game 5 out in L.A., hard, hard-fought win, uh, and uh, they moved on to the NLCS, which in all my years of watching baseball, I've seen them in three times, four times. 99, 2000, 06, so yeah, this would be number four. Um, and that's crazy. And then the team they're facing in the, the NLCS uh, is way better than them. And I was just happy that they were there. I'm like, oh, the house money doesn't really matter. And they're up three games to nothing. And as of tonight, they can clinch and go to the World Series. Whoa. So, yeah, I mean. Is that I, that game's happening tonight? It's happening at 8 p.m. tonight, Wednesday, whatever day this is. This is going to be a short podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should be we should be right on our normal timing, but yeah. So oh, we got time. Yeah, we got plenty of time. I've been uh, I've been watching my playoff games, and for like for me, I, I'm so so into baseball and the Mets have been so bad for most of my life that this like you know nobody really thought they'd get past the first round and once they got past the first round it's like well this other team's way better there's like there's really real no chance that they they win this this series mm-hmm. and not only winning but they're dominating right now and one win from the World Series which they've only made it to once in my lifetime uh so yeah it's it's exciting and I've been sitting with my dad watching every game together um, it's awesome and it's it, it, baseball's weird because like it's slow. People always say like, "Oh, baseball's so slow and so boring." But like playoff baseball's crazy because every single pitch could be like a life or death situation. Like you, one run counts so much in the playoffs. You remind me of my friend Scott because he's a huge he's a huge Yankees fan. Uh, like the world stops when the Yankees are playing. We uh, we, we had a band together back in the day. And if the Yankees were playing, we had to be playing out somewhere where the game was going on, so that he could he could watch the game as we were playing. Yeah, it's it's, it's I'm going to say it's easier to be a Yankee fan because they win all the time, whereas the Mets win never. So it, there's so much pressure right now on like, man, if they make it to the World Series, I would do almost anything for them to win. So if I had to give up video games for a year, oh my gosh, I would do it with no hesitation. Really? Yeah, because you know what, the video games will be there a year from now. That's like, true. if if by the time. Fallout comes out, the World Series will be over, I think. So that's November 11th. So if you're telling me from like that day, uh, like on the 10th, like you can't play video games for one year. Well, a year from now, Fallout 4 will still be there. And whatever other games are coming out will still be there. And I'll just become father of the year for a year or something like that. (laughs) Just give me that championship. So that's like, that's my entire like world right now. Like there is a nervous feeling in my stomach. Like I am. I actually get physically nauseous and ill watching these games. I'm just so happy when they're over. <laughs> and thankfully, they've been winning more than they're losing. Because when they lose, it's it's it wasn't a good scene. I got no sleep. Do you rage out? Oh, my God. Me and my dad both. So last night, like, there was a 
trying to explain this in like the best way. So anyway, like there was a dude on first base, there was two out, and a, one of the Mets hits a fly ball to right field. Now Wrigley Field is like the oldest, the second oldest ballpark in America, oh. and uh, out you know every other field has padding on the walls, but not Wrigley. It's a brick wall with ivy, uh, actual ivy covering it. Mm. So the dude dives for the ball, the outfielder dives for the ball, misses it. Now the guy on first base is going to score with no problem. Standing up, he could have a cup of coffee, eat a donut, and just walk back to the dugout all leisurely. Uh, but because he, the guy dove, missed it, and the ball rolls into the ivy, it's like an instant dead ball. Like, doesn't count. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it counts, but they call it like a ground rule double. So the batters can only advance two bases because the baseball is lost. The same thing will happen if it bounces into the crowd. It's a ground rule double, so the runner had to not score, even though he would have, and go back to third. And the next guy up was the pitcher. He flew out, and I was raging, and I was kicking stuff, and my dad is cursing at the like top of his lungs. So yeah, we get in, we get into it. Does everybody like stay away from you when Pretty they much. know that the game's going on? Like yeah. Justin, dad are gonna go watch the game. Be like, all right, it's time to go to the store. Pretty much, yeah. That's the way it's always been. What do you do about the kids? Uh, I've been lucky. The games have been starting, and when they were on the West Coast, it was good because they'd start at, like, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, all these games are starting at 8, so we do our best to get the kids in bed before 8. But if the kids are not in bed, I'm like, sorry, I got to go. Have you ever yelled them awake? Mm, yes. Uh, am I, are, me and Dad are right beneath Jorah's room. Uh, so, yeah, there's been some yelling, <laughs> and Jorah's woken up, and I'm like, go back to sleep. Like, what's wrong, honey? Like, I heard Daddy say, motherfucker. Pretty much. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's exciting. I mean, that besides games, that's really been my like my last week and a half of watching intense, stressful baseball. Well, I hope you get what you want. Oh my god, that would be the best thing in the world. I've seen. I have a lot of friends. Well, I don't have a lot of friends, but I have a lot of friends. I'm gonna start that over again. I have a few friends who are really into baseball, and I know from from past experience that when it comes time to this type of thing, if they're team is in the playoffs or whatever it's best just to kind of like back away slowly for a couple weeks and let them do their thing and just hope for the best it's funny because my rating group is all pissed off Mm -hmm. because uh one of them our our other members mike is a huge met fan and so the two of us have just been like mia on on raid nights like i've been able to get on destiny like sporadically Mm mm-hmm and uh, they're like they're annoyed because they're like, all right, whatever. I guess we're not raiding anymore. And I was like, you guys can wait. You can wait two weeks. <laughs> and now I'm like, they're raiding, and they're they're they've all beaten the raid numerous times now. And it's like I still haven't beaten that stupid thing. I still haven't played a raid, and I have two level forty characters. Bob, I know they took Bob through last night to got uh, and got all the way up to Oryx, and Bob is like well way under leveled. I think I think he was like in the two seventies, and it's two ninety to go do the raid. I tried the strike last night, like the daily strike with that, um, like that blue armored thing that you have to like grab the orb and walk it to the other end of the arena and drop oh, it yeah. down with the walls moving. The giant servitor. That is hard, that's man. A, that's a fun one. I we did not. We had it down to like a scrap, and something managed to kill us. I the first time I fought that thing, I was that guy that I was dying every couple of seconds that you kept having to revive. I felt so bad. It's funny because Bob was telling me the same thing when he did that mission. Uh, he was under leveled as well, and he actually got on mic to apologize to the two other guys because they just were not able to complete it. <sighs> and so Bob, I think, left so somebody else could join and they could beat it. I have 260 light on my hunter, so it was legit. Like, that's what you need to get in there, or that's what they recommend. That's what I had. So 
but yeah, I I was definitely I was that guy. I kept going getting nailed from the guys that are above the the hunter. Uh, what the hell are they called? Hobgoblins. Yeah, the hobgoblins kept sniping me from up top, and then you get in, in uh in like the eye of whatever that blue beam crap that he shoots out. Yep, and I just I would hear it too late. It was too late, and just it would go off, and you I would just, just gotta memorize what his steps are. I had no, it the like, second time. Second time wasn't my coming. fault. I mean, eventually it was my fault, but it wasn't initially my fault. I did good. We'll get to Destiny. I like that game now. So does everybody. I know. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, video games. Going back to New York City Comic Con really quick, I think I played something that nobody else has had a chance to play yet. What was it? It is the Star Wars Battle Pod game. Oh, yeah. I watched that for a while. That's a serious Star Wars game, my friend. That thing was awesome. Yeah. I was standing there with Andy, and the two of us were looking at it, and I was like, should I play this? Should I play this? And I was like, well, the train's leaving in like a half hour, so probably not. It wasn't worth missing a train for, but um, I had an interview with the developers, and that's when you were talking about like talking to developers and stuff like that. Uh, I've never interviewed anybody that had a translator, that has a translator before. Oh, interesting. So... Uh, my girlfriend happened to be standing off to the side, and then my coworker was there too. And it was the both of us going to check this thing out, and they like they met us out in front. They're like, yeah, blah, 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 like doing the whole, you know, glad hand shaking and 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 telling us about the game and sitting us down for like a private session and whatever. And I end up interviewing the guys instead of my friend Eric. And they're like, I had this weird, I didn't understand why there were two people, and I was only supposed to be talking to one. And the translator started going, and I didn't know that when you're interviewing somebody that has a translator, you're not supposed to look at the translator. You just you keep your eye contact with the person that you're interviewing, regardless of whether or not they're answering you. All these weird rules. So it's just like, I didn't know what to do. I was like talking to him, and the other guy started answering, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, translator, all right, cool. But like it was so loud in there that I had to lean into the translator, and like after the interview, my girlfriend's like, yo, just like... I've, I've been to Japan a lot. You need to look at the interviewer. Anyway, so if you're interviewing anybody as a translator, um, that's a tip for you. Look at the person you're interviewing and treat the translator as if they're not there. I watched a bunch of Just Cause gameplay. I didn't feel like waiting online to play it, but I, I watched a bunch of people playing it for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. That game looks awesome. I walked past it a lot. It looked pretty cool. Yeah. The graphics on that thing looked there was like some kind of garden or something that they were walking through some kind of like flower meadow and so no sunflowers the sunflowers look like they look real it's it looks pretty ridiculous i've never actually played a just cause game before i think this has been well i played the first one for a little while never played two and i'm definitely gonna play this they have this i guess like gliding suit mechanic where well, first of all he has his grapple which he can just continually pull himself to everything but mm-hmm. when you're like gra- uh, gliding with a wingsuit, you could just keep grappling the ground and just fly. Nice. Like, hover above the ground for a while. And I was like, well, that looks pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's out in December. I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing that. Yeah, it's like the first two weeks of yeah, December. Yeah, third, fourth, something like that. I think that's, like, that's the last game. The last big game before Christmas. Yeah, probably, yeah. That's usually when Far Cry comes out, like, right in that window. But there's no Far Cry this year, so. Did you hear about the... Primal? Yeah. Yeah, that looks what pretty cool. What do you yeah, it looks fine. I mean, I was a huge fan of when they did Blood Dragon for Far Cry 3, that, like, downloadable thing, which was amazing. I never heard oh, of it. So Far Cry 3 had a downloadable DLC that was nothing to do with the main campaign. It was uh, 
and actually it was my exposure to Far Cry 3 because I heard people just nonstop talking about it. It was 15 bucks. It was a standalone thing. You could download it at any time. And uh, it was maybe this like f- f- semi, it was an open world, but like a, a, like a, a much smaller open world. Um, and it took place like you were an 80s spy or an 80s like agent, right? Um, All right. And you had like a robotic arm and stuff like that. But there was like, <laughs> dinosaurs like weird what? dinosaurs roaming around the map and uh all the cutscenes were like in 8-bit but they were like there was boobs in them and there was mature and like they played the craziest music and eventually you ride this like blood dragon dinosaur oh that has turrets on it it was this insane. sounds amazing it was really awesome and that's what made me play far cry 3 which i was glad i did but yeah like they did this like weird off kilter thing and they never ended up really doing that with far cry 4 and people were like really wanted another sequel to blood dragon but uh they're doing this primal thing which yeah i don't know how much bigger it's going to be is it going to be the size of like a like a normal far cry game or is it going to be like a smaller thing i don't don't know yet but uh you know it looks pretty cool i like the idea yeah except there's no dinosaurs yeah that could pose a problem i really wanted there to be dinosaurs so there's gonna be like woolly mammoths and saber-toothed cats yeah but no dinosaurs so we'll see and it's gonna be tribal yeah uh so they're gonna be fighting different tribes i mean i, I watched the trailer uh but i didn't really read that much up on it I, i'm I'm assuming that we'll see more during the video game awards so there's not gonna be any like guns and stuff no they said that your rocket launcher is going to be like a bow and arrow like having a bow and arrow is going to be like a big deal all right so that's kind of cool and ever since hunger games everybody hunger, everybody hunger games and avengers everybody loves the bow and arrow yep Tomb Raider, the new uh, the new class in uh, Call of Duty, the specialist class has a bow and arrow, and it's the best weapon. Um, Night Stalker, Destiny. Yes, Night Stalker is really cool. I can't figure that out. What do you mean? Um, I use the one where when you like when you loose the bow, it uh, tethers everybody to the ground. Yeah, is that constantly dealing damage through like the tendrils or is it just holding them down and if you kill them while they're being held that's how the kill counts i don't know actually because i've never really i unlocked night stalker but haven't played with it that much so i have not looked in their skill tree to see like what type of different things you could do i know with the hammer Mm -hmm. um the sunbreaker you can choose different perks for it like you can have it home to enemies or you can have uh, the ability to throw more of them, or they do more damage, or wherever you hit a hammer, a sunspot opens, and you could do Ooh. damage in there. Like da- that, that'll do continuous damage. That's cool. Or if you're standing in a sunspot, you gain an overshield, and you could throw more hammers. So like I know they all have different things. So I'm assuming that you take, you must. There must be an option for you to take damage while in there. But I know in PvP when I've been hit by it or like tethered by it, I'm not taking continuous damage there. But like it's only happened a couple of times, so I, I'd have to investigate that. But I barely play as Hunter. Hmm. Titans for life. All right. What about um, when's Halo Five? Next week. Ooh, did you did you and Jackie get it done? God no. <laughs> get, trying to match up with Jackie is nearly impossible. What has been the holdup? Kids. Like it's harder. It's it's Jackie goes to sleep at nine thirty because she's ancient, and I can't get on. Uh, I can't get on my PlayStation or Xbox until like nine thirty, nine forty five. And she's like, she'll message me and like seven at seven thirty and be like, I'm ready to go when you are. And it's like, what are you talking about? I can't play for like two more hours at the earliest. So anytime I I send a message to her, she's already sleeping. So she sent a thing on Twitter today. Was like, watch Halo five, uh, watch Halo's story in five minutes. And she's like, I'm just gonna do this. 
It's sad. Yeah, but whatever. Halo Five comes out on Tuesday, so I'm really excited about that. You're just gonna? Are you just gonna gun it? Are you gonna wait for anybody? Do you have other people waiting in the wings? Bob, I know Bob wants to play, and um, Jackie says she wants to play because Nathan Fillion's in it. We'll see what actually happens. Uh, I played through almost all of them with Bob. Yeah, uh, I played through four uh, co-op with Bob, so we'll see. I mean. I'd like to play it by myself just because I actually care about the story. And I know Bob does as well. So it'd like not have to worry about talking to each other. I can just listen to everything that's going on. And then I'll probably roll through it uh, on the hardest difficulty on like a co-op setting or something like that. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. It's getting positive buzz, which is good. Speaking of buzz, um, tell me what was your experience with Battlefront? Because I've been hearing very conflicting things. Well, I listened to the show last week. Excuse me. And uh, all right, we had our friend uh, Michael on, and uh, he—I know he got to play like two rounds because I was on while he was playing, and for some reason he could just not connect to—I think it was Nick and me—could uh, not connect to us for some reason. I don't know why. I had no problems connecting, and uh, Bob, I think, played like a handful of rounds. I played about twenty-five rounds. Hmm. The game is really good. Uh, you know, I was listening to Bob. Bob said he was upset that there wasn't enough um, in the beta, but that's kind of what betas are. Like, they're just, it's a, you know, it's a vertical slice of the game that they give you. So they gave us two maps and, like, I think five different guns that you could eventually unlock. Um, and they were all sort of similar. The pistol was a little bit different than the other two guns. Uh, but it's different. It's not Battlefield. You're shooting lasers. So they're, like, lasers don't reload. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I liked about the game... Uh, was and I, I mean people know I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but like when I was on the Hoth map, like I kind of got that feeling that they, I know that they want, uh, like in a battlefield map, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed when there's like lots of guys around, but there's nothing that really gives you any, uh, like point of reference to there. It's just like oh my god, there's a lot of people around here. But when I was playing on Hoth, it was really cool. It's like I'm in a I'm in a trench, I'm crouched down, and there are lasers shooting above me. Um. And you can see them actually flying above your head, and you can hear them. And like right as that is happening, an ATAT is walking over the trench that I'm in. And I was like, "This is pretty cool." And I look up, and I see like, uh, I think they're Tie Fighters and X Wings just like flying around above me. And mm-hmm. then I'm looking up, and then the next thing I know, Darth Vader is on top of me, and I'm dead. <laughs> and I Did was he like, "Force choke you?" Uh, no, he threw his lightsaber at me, and it obliterated me. Nice. Uh, I got to be Darth one time, and I was overconfident because there's this spot where you can, like, and on Hoth, you can, like, rush into their base, but that's, like, a well-guarded area, and, like, ten people started shooting at me at one time, and I died, like, almost instantly. Like, I, I can only, for- I can only like, use my lightsaber to block so much, and it does it automatically. Hmm. Uh, the things that, I, like, the, I didn't hear them talk about last week was, like, it reminded me in a way of Titanfall. Okay. Uh, in Titanfall, you would get these burn cards that you could use, um... And they kind of do the same kind of structure here. And this is where they really move away from what Battlefield's doing. Uh, so, uh, like, your grenade is a card that you use that recharges every X amount of seconds. Okay. Uh, and then you could have, I think, you know, for the beta, I don't know if it's going to be more or, you know, or probably won't be less. But I don't know if there'll be any more. But you have, like, three cards that you could bring into the map with you. And so, like, one of them was, like, your jetpack. Like, you could have a jetpack if you want to. And that would, like, bind to R1 or L1, like, whichever one you choose. So the, the, the loadout that I went into the most was I had my grenade to L1. I had a, I think they called it, like, a blaster, cycler, 
something cycler. It was a rifle that shot a bullet, uh, but you only could shoot it one time, and it relo- and then it would have to reload. And they had like nine second cooldowns on both of those. Whoa. So it was more about like you know, for a nine second cooldown on a grenade is next to nothing, especially when you're used to playing Destiny when you got to wait like thirty five seconds for it. On a grenade, no, but certainly on a gun. But the thing is, your other guns don't ever have to reload. If you can, they would overheat if you use them. And then there was like a Gears of War type um, active reload where if you hit the right button at the right time, the gun if you the gun overheated, it would uh, it would cool down instantly. But the thing is, like, it, I was using that other gun as a, like, let me pick this guy off at a distance. So, right, like, I have my blaster rifle or whatever it was called, and I'm shooting at this stormtrooper out in the distance. And I'm doing damage, but I'm not doing enough. I would just hit R1, pull out that rifle, instantly <laughs> scope in, and it's one-shot him. And once I figured out that was ha- really how you were supposed to use it, I started enjoying it more. And then there was a third one that I brought in where it was, like, for five or six seconds, your gun will do extra damage to machines. So it's, like, to turrets... To ATSTs, to ATATs, like you'll be doing extra damage. Sieging. Hmm. It's it reminds me of siege damage from um, oh god, Heroes of the Storm. Oh okay. Uh, so yeah, I played probably like twenty to twenty five different matches. Um, I played a lot in the Hoth map, and that was confusing. I know um, Mike Lazara last week said that that he really didn't know what was going on. It kind of just throws you into there, and uh, it, it's it's true. You kind of get thrown right in. And if you were a rebel, um, Dice admitted that you were at a serious disadvantage, and they, they they had the numbers show them that that it was way harder for the rebels to win in that mode where they're defending against these ATATs walking towards them. They would have to activate these consoles, which would eventually bring the shields down, and then you had a certain amount of time to do damage, uh, you know, to the machines. And you had like a couple different checkpoints to do that at. Uh, it was hard to win. You were overwhelmed really instantly. Um, so that they said they're going to be working on that balance. There was another map where uh, it was a like, it was a conquest mode in Destiny, where like a uh, a beacon falls out of the sky and you've got to go stand next to it and okay. you've got to capture it and keep it captured and the other team's trying to capture it from you. But at a certain point, it disappears and when it disappears, it would drop goodies for you for your team and that's where you would get like some of the upgrades. Um, so you'd be able to you know get a better blaster or get a rocket launcher or get these thermal cool. detonators. And uh, you couldn't become one of the heroes in that map. It okay. was, I guess, too small. Uh, so the way that it's set up is uh, there's these icons everywhere on the map. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're constant. Like, they're always going to be in the same places. Uh, but one of them was, like, if you were on – if you were a Stormtrooper, like, you knew, okay, uh, TIE Fighter is going to be right here. If I want to jump into the ATAT, it's right here. If I want to jump into ATST, you just run up to it. Now, some of them will be, like, here's a thermal detonator, which is, let's, like – kind of like nuclear grenade you throw it it charges and it makes a big big boom you could pick that up and die with it and hold on to it um but to use it you would have to hold l1 and r1 together you could do that any time but some of them were on timers so if you ran to a tie fighter or an atst or even if you ran into being darth vader you had 10 seconds to use it and if you died while using it because you hit the two buttons and you kind of go down to one knee and uh for those familiar with playing like a battlefield game or i'm trying to think it was maybe like ghost recon if you're using something that's out in the field um in other games you could die you could be shot while your body's like technically on the ground but you're flying in a tie fighter but you'd have mm-hmm. like it'd take like five or six seconds for the animation to spawn through where you now all of a sudden are darth vader uh so one time i i got into a tie fighter and i was trying to use it i had 10 seconds to use it and somebody shot me as i was on one knee getting ready to go into it uh, but if you die with that and you don't use it it's gone. 
Oh, yeah. So I mean, I I like I really liked it. I liked the way uh, it its sound design is fantastic. If mm-hmm. you've heard a Star Wars movie once, this is going to sound perfect to you. Um, that thermal detonator made a really really bassy explosion, which was cool, and you know, it looked, it sounded, it felt like a Star Wars game should. I think. Um, I expect there to be more. Like there was no character customizations. There was, mm-hmm. a, there's going to be more guns. There's going to be more unlocks. They announced just three new heroes, or they call them heroes, um, but it's a villain as well. So it's Palpatine, Han Solo, and Princess Leia that you could turn into. In addition to, I think uh, they, in the trailers they've shown um, Luke, Darth Vader, and uh, Jesus Christ, what's the bounty hunter's name? Boba Fett. There you go. What's the timeline for this thing? Like, where does this fit into the lore? Is in the this... original trilogies. Okay, so there's no none of the new characters. From... No, uh, it, not that I've seen. Um, there's going to be... So, if you've seen the new Force Awakens trailer, there is a... Um, spoilers, I guess, if you're trying to stay away from anything on the trailers. But this is, it's not really one. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, the one before this, though, showed one of the characters on a speeder bike uh, going past... Um, one of their big spaceships. I f- forgive me, people. I'm not huge into Star Wars lore. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> crashed into the ground on a, a planet called Jakku. Or Jakku. Sure. And uh, we'll be able to play that battle where that that destroyer lands. Uh, mm-hmm. I think as DLC, as free DLC um, in the game. But everything takes place in the during the original trilogy. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, there was two maps. What's going to really make or break this game is the modes. And I think there's like 10 different modes announced. So it's not, you're always not going to be playing the same thing if you don't want to. Like mm-hmm. one of the modes sounds awesome. It sounds like old juggernaut from Halo. Somebody spawns as Luke and it's Luke versus seven other people. And the seven people got to bring down Luke. That sounds and then just think, like what we were reading about earlier. Yeah. And whoever brings down Luke becomes Luke and then so on and so forth. And it's like, a, you know, old juggernaut from halo like that sounds cool i'm sure there's going to be like capture and defend modes and just team deathmatch modes and more modes like the like the hoth map um and then they have a uh a co-op uh not campaign but they have like co-op missions uh it's almost like a survival thing Hmm. uh so me and uh, nick jumped into that and they only let you play it on normal or easy they don't let you play it on the hard difficulties but you go to a completely different map and it's uh it's kind of like an objective thing. It's like survive these waves, activate this beacon, survive um, this ambush, and then you know get get to the extraction point. Uh, so we played that. That was fun. I I thought it was kind of easy on normal, but it'll be interesting to see what it's like on like they have like insane difficulty. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. And what's interesting as well is they only let you spawn. Like you could take eight people into the map with you, but they like in moving away from the battlefield part. Um, because there's such fast uh, respawn times, you can only spawn on one person. So like you have one partner, and then you could go in like with seven other people, but only one of them is going to be a respawn point for you. Otherwise, you're going to start randomly in the world. So if you're trying to take an objective, in the old Battlefield games, it would be hard because if you had a team of like five guys on a squad, anybody who dies could spawn on any of those guys as long as they were alive. But here you can only spawn on one person, and if that person's not alive, you got to spawn at some, you know, randomly somewhere in the map. Hmm. So it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see how like that works in a, like a, in a big team setting. But the buddy system, yeah, that's dangerous. That could lead uh, to some uh, dentist bills, knocked out teeth if you're doing local. Yeah, 
Is there any local multiplayer on that? I think so. Yes, there is. Because you could play that co-op, um, that co-op, those co-op missions split screen. They're, they're adding split screen to this. All right, here's the question. Are you sold based on the beta? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I was sold the first five minutes I played it. Because I don't like, I don't need to have them reveal everything to me right away. Like I got a basic idea of what the game is about. I got a basic idea of the guns that we're going to be using. If there's more, great. If there's a little bit more, fine. Um, but I, you know, there, there's it's a beta, so there's going to be more in there. Um, everything I played was enough for me to, you know, definitely pick it up. I I pre-ordered that thing months ago. Did you run into any glitches or snags? Nothing. Really? I ran into nothing. All right. There's like, there's cool things that you can do in that game. Like, I. You know, I saw a video of it, and then I actually got to do it. But, like, a whole bunch of dudes, like, uh, so it was Darth Vader and Luke. There was a video on uh, Kotaku. Darth Vader and Luke go at each other. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader wins. And then out of nowhere, a stormtrooper just comes by and starts teabagging on Luke. I saw that. And I, I laughed, and then I I noticed anytime one of the heroes or villains went down, that's what everybody started doing to him. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's fun. And then I saw, uh, like, it I didn't s- take long. No, I saw another video where Luke just uh, is up on, like, a, towards a hill on Hoth. And then he actually does a force throw and throws a stormtrooper in the air and just happens to throw him directly into the path of a tie, uh, a TIE fighter. <laughs> and the TIE fighter explodes and it gets both kills. And I was like, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That is very cool. So, yeah, like it was definitely enough for me. I mean, I, I thought it looked beautiful. I thought the frame rate was great. Um, they're going for a um, – I think it's like 900p on X, on uh, – on PS4, but they're 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 pushing just a solid frame rate over you know pixels and stuff. Is it first person or third person? It could be either. That's pretty is, cool. Yeah. Does it work cool. for both? Like, is it comfortable with both? Uh, I'm not one one really for third person shooters. I mean, they're in, in like a multiplayer setting. Like, I you know what I take that back. I always liked Uncharted stuff. I only messed around with it for like five minutes. I didn't really bring it into the matches because I always kept forgetting I could do it because it's not something that you're used to being able to switch back and forth. Right. And you had to go to the menu system to do it. It wasn't like a, like a snap thing where it's like, all right, first, third, first, third. You had to actually hit start, go to the menu and pick it. So right. for me, I mean, for me, it was enough. Um, it was definitely enough. Uh, and I don't know if they're, they're probably not going to do anything else. They're probably not going to do a stress test. Like 9 million people downloaded it and played it. Comes out in like a month? 17th. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's safe to wait. Yeah. And people were questioning the, um, what's it called? Their season pass, which is like 50 bucks. I mean, I understand that. I like, I'm not picking it up until I know what's in it. Uh, but Battlefront, uh, Battlefield, gosh, Battlefield games have been doing that for years now. Battlefield 3 on PS3 had a $50 map pack where it was just, you just keep getting maps and maps and maps. And I'm sure that that's going to be the case here. I know people are complaining like there's, you know, no uh, campaign stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but none of the other ones did. Uh, they had co-op campaign. They had campaigns, but none of their DLC was ever, you know, campaign oriented. So it was all multiplayer focused. So that's going to be the same thing here. I just hope that there's enough in the initial game to, to satisfy people. That seems to be the question these days with all these like downloadable packs and stuff that, that eventually are going to come out. Yeah, but that's, I mean, and that's where I thought. You know, the modes, how many modes they have and how fun those modes are, are going to make or break that game. And uh, aside from the fact it's Star Wars, so people are going to rush out and buy it because it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But if it has a lot of modes and the modes are fun and they're fun to cycle through, um, you know, that, that'd be fine for me. Nice. All right. Well, I hope it's good because I want to play it, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. 
I wanna I wanna I might have to play it uh at somebody's place first. That's understandable. Before I dive in. But I am curious about it. I'm very curious you said about the sound design. Because the, the Star Wars music and, and sound effects are some of my favorite aspects of that series. Then if you will fall over with joy. Sweet. Because like like I've mentioned, it's you know, it's almost lost on me. I know what they sound like and I was like, Okay, this sounds exactly like I think it should sound. Mm-hmm. And these explosions sound awesome. So yeah. Nice. All right. Well, evidently my voice is going, as you can tell. Uh, why don't you ask me what I've been playing? Steve, what have you been playing? I've been playing Yoshi's Woolly World, man. Oh, finally that game came out here. That's yeah, right. It did. And it's adorable. It's adorable. It sure looks it. It's adorable. Um, it's good. It's really good. It's it's everything that you would expect Yoshi's Woolly World to be if you've played one like the Yoshi's Island or or one of those other games. I have only played the Yoshi games like inside of a Toys R Us on a like a sample kiosk thing. I've never actually played one uh, outside of the store, so this is my first experience with a Yoshi game. And um, I got a little sick after Comic Con. About four days after Comic Con, I got pretty crappy for a number of days and i was like i was like i want something adorable and simple and it turned out that it was adorable but there are times when yoshi's woolly world is not simple really yes that's surprising yes the 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 level the 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 dastardly nature of the people that design the levels what they've done in this game and i don't know if this happens in previous titles but you have to sometimes physically cover a part of the map. Like you have to jump into um, where like an invisible cloud would be and you have to float past it on your Yoshi before it's revealed. And then after it's revealed, you have to throw yarn up at it to make it explode and make the stuff come out. But where they place these things sometimes really mean like, off the map, down pipes into the side, uh, things that look like they're walls, but they're not. And every single, I'm the kind of person where I don't like to move forward until I get all the collectibles. So you end up playing levels sometimes like five and seven times in a row. And (laughs) it's pretty maddening, but because it is so like the, the graphics are absolutely gorgeous. It looks amazing. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen videos of it and it looks like you said, it, lo- it looks amazing. It looks like yarn. And like all the different ways in which Yoshi uses the yarn or just the effects of like, there are times when there'll be like a little um, string kind of like waving off of something. And if you send the tongue out and lick at it, he'll pull the thread uh, of yarn and the whole thing will just unravel and like reveal another part of the level. And then you go into in there and stuff. That's really cool. Um, one of the cooler features for people that have the Amiibos is... You just you put them on top of the thing, and it changes the way that your Yoshi looks. So I got all of the amiibos from Chris. So like right away when I put the game on, I had like thirty something different uh, Yoshi okay, costumes. Yeah. Now I know why I saw Yoshi as Mario. Yeah, yeah. So like I have you know the Metroid one, the Wii Fit Trainer one, and the Bowser one is awesome. Like his his snout has like teeth in it and stuff, and like cool. his shell he has like a shell on his back. It's really, really cool. Um, I'm having a good time with it. It's like, it's, I think it's like five worlds, but each world has like eight levels in it that I've seen so far. Um, the boss fights are super easy, but the, the Mario boss fights are always one, two, three, and 
you know, they're gone. You just have to recognize the pattern and, and move forward. Um, but I like it. I'm going to finish it. And uh, if you're looking for like a good casual time uh, with a peppered with frustration, you should check out Yoshi's Woolly World. I've been actually playing my Wii U now that I got it back. Oh, yeah? I'm playing Mario Maker a good amount. I like that game. That game is really good. Have you, what kind of levels have you downloaded? Have you found anybody in particular that you really like? I've been doing the Giant Bomb guys. I, I've been trying some of their levels. You tried uh, uh, Rikert's? The Reckoning. Yeah. Reckoning. Uh, I watched Patrick play it enough to where I kind of understood the, the how to do it. And uh, I just hate music blocks, so no. Uh, but yeah, but just like going on and just going to top levels and just uh, downloading and playing levels, you know, maybe like four or five. I'm, I'm working on what my, right now I'm in the middle of a uh, hundred Mario challenge. Ooh. Um, it's simple because I mean, there's always free lives in the levels. So it's not really like you're ever going to run out of lives, mm-hmm. uh, but it's interesting. It's interesting to see how people create stuff. Um, like there's this one level where I got the leaf and I was able to uh, glide everywhere um no it was the wingsuit the wingsuit one and uh basically if you could figure out you could like it was like jumping from like single block to single block and there was a bowser like floating around out there and i figured out if you like uh, you had to go through these doors to get to that spot and if you just didn't go through the doors and you started at the beginning of level and you ran and you jumped and you used the wingsuit to kind of like just give you that you know go down and then pop up and then go down pop up you could just float your way to the end of the level mm. So that was probably an exploit, but it was like it's fun to find that stuff. Um, I've created nothing really. I've just messed around with the creator, just to unlock more and more stuff. And then when I have everything unlocked, I'm probably gonna start trying to create something. Yeah, I haven't built any levels yet. I've been kind of experiencing a bit of like a revival with uh, with the Wii U since there've been like a couple games, like between Splatoon coming out, the Mario Maker, and um, Yoshi, and what was the other one? Oh, the the Yoshi game is making me want to go back to that Captain Toad game that I never finished. Oh uh, yes, Captain Toad's Captain Toad's, Toad's treasure, treasure Tracker. Tracker, yeah, yeah. It's fun. I like I like puzzle games, and it's you know it's Nintendo doing what they do, and they do it really well. I just it's one of those like things you play a couple of levels, and then you've got to step away from it, and then you get distracted. But you can always go back to it. Yeah, pick up and play kind of thing. Man, I want to go and play it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Mario Maker today because I just enjoy like I've been watching Patrick Klepek do his like Mario Maker mornings, mm-hmm. and so he just plays like hard levels. Do they provide the codes that you need, or can you just look up names? Uh, you have to go by code because Nintendo doesn't want you to have friends, so you have to like <laughs> you can follow people. So like once you play a level, you can choose to follow that person, and then that you could just go to their level. Like you could see when they make a new level and they just play it, mm-hmm. but it's hard to like put in. I want to play Steve Say's levels. Like, I, I would have to get your friend code, and I know there's a way to do it, but I don't even have friend. I don't have any friends. I think on my Wii U, uh, it's all it's all just single player stuff for me. Yeah, their their friend system is really yeah. a huge pain in the ass. I don't know why they've never changed that. It's just a company wide thing that they just want to protect people, and they don't want real names or anything like that. So it's interesting. Yeah, I suppose. A little inconvenient. Very inconvenient, especially with the way other consoles are, you know, just letting you find and, and friend people all over the place. Friend codes have to go. Nintendo's always doing little things like that. They're, they're, they've been, I mean, you have to kind of admire the fact that they've tried to protect their players and their stuff and make their system a family-friendly system yeah, for the most part course. throughout the years. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, I know you played other games, but I'll talk about one more real quick. 
Uh, I finished Life is Strange this afternoon. Yes. I, I saw that the last episode came out, and many people have many different feelings on it. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I will not talk about the end of the game, because that was major, major spoilers. But um, suffice it to say that I liked it. I liked it. I really... I like... I like so much about that game that some of the, I wouldn't say glaring issues, but like some of the stuff that doesn't always sit well, like some of the dialogue and some of the, like the stiffness of the characters here and there, there's enough like engagement with the characters you grow. I grew attached to them anyway. Um, one of the major themes of the last episode is just how much Max Caulfield is your, your main character that you've been walking around with everybody keeps telling her how much she's changed in like just one week. Cause you're, if you don't know, life is strange is a game where you're kind of participating in this story and narrative and this kind of cinematic presentation. And here and there you interact with people and, and environments and you find things and you put them together. Um, but the, one of the major mechanics is that you can rewind time, but as you get farther into the game, they kind of start to dabble with the rules as to how you can use it. So, for example, in like episodes three and four, they introduce this mechanic where you can basically cause something to happen and gain what you want from it and then rewind to before you had the initial experience and you'll have that thing. Like, let's say, for example, if you need keys from someone. And you have to you have to confront them and it's somebody that doesn't like you and you have to basically navigate the conversation to where you can physically have the keys. And if the person is coming after you and they're running after you because you have their keys, it doesn't matter because now you can stop time and you can rewind back to when you initially walked up to them. But the keys are still in your possession. It's a little bit like um, that part in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Have you seen that? A long, long time ago. Okay, when they're trying to when they're trying to bust out of jail. And they, they're at the police station and they hide the keys in the bushes and all that stuff. The idea that if you're going to go into the future and do it then and go back to before the present time, it'll already be there. So Max basically has she loses people throughout the course of the game and she's constantly trying to like course correct everything and figure out what can I do to change this so this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen. And pretty much by the end of the game, if you do that too many times really terrible stuff happens. And I think what people are having issue with as far as the ending goes is that there really isn't a happy ending. You're so spoiling to way too much. No, I'm not. I don't want to know any of this. Stop. All right. I'm just saying it's your choice is difficult. Okay. Your that, choice is that difficult. we that we can roll with. Yeah. Your I want choice ev- is I want everyone to be happy. I th- <laughs> um I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I loved watching the Max character grow throughout the, the series. I think playing it episodically was actually a huge part of the game. Um, there's a lot to think about at the close of every episode. They kind of dump something on you towards the end of every one of them. Um, Bobby kept on telling me, I left the podcast the other night, and he's like, where are you in the game? And I told him, he's like, what? you need to play it he's like you need to play it before you get spoiled because you're there's so much that has happened so i went and i rolled through the game and yeah like every time that an episode ends within the last 20 minutes of gameplay there's a major reveal or the game changes 
Um, the game goes from being like a sleuthy teen, um, like CW type setup to really kind of terrifying. Okay. And that's it. Um, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm excited to play it. I've been waiting for it to be finished and before end of the year stuff, I will roll to roll the episodes. It's super good. A lot of the dialogue can make your eyes roll and stuff, but after spending enough time with the characters throughout the episodes, you kind of understand that that's that this is that world and it's just, it is what it is. And there are enough character moments that you don't even care that they talk that way. Except for one character that really pissed me off. We won't talk about that because that's spoiler territory. All right. And I'm not doing it. Um, I played and you played Super Meat Boy. Yeah. I've talked about it. What do you, what do you think of it? Uh, I somehow never played that game when it was on the Xbox. Don't know why or what was going on. I just never got around to it. So I was excited to see that it was coming to PS4. And uh, I beat the first Worlds, which Mm -hmm. wasn't like super difficult, but I know what's coming and I'm just like, yeah, that's okay. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I mean... I, I like I like what they're doing. I like I like the you know the the poking fun at, uh, at you know the main character, and I, I like the humor in the game, and I like the throwbacks to you know finding characters from other games uh, that you can become. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I, you know I found the dude from I forget what is it what, what it's called Bitchert uh, Bitchert Runner yeah. and how they have different properties and stuff like I liked it. I, I thought all of that was awesome. Um, but I was playing it for like I played it for like I don't know like a half hour, forty five minutes, and I was like, no, nah, I had enough. Would you go back to it? Possibly one day, maybe if it's on my Vita. Um, I think it is actually coming to Vita as well. It's on there. I yeah. grabbed it. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to go do that. But yeah, like for me, that's like a like a like if I'm on an airplane type game. Like I don't I don't want to sit here and like bang my head against the wall playing that game for a while because I could already see myself doing that. I like that game a lot. I don't like games that give you scores at the end of levels. Which is like part of my problem with Metal Gear. I don't like that because it's like I mean, um, what other game did that? Uh, oh gosh, it's coming to me. It's the one with the masks where you run over everybody. Hotline Miami. They give you a score at the end of the level, and it's like if I don't get that perfect score, I get pissed and I like replay the level. Mm-hmm. So I could spend forever in this game trying to get A pluses. Um, like. See, the way you feel about that is how I feel about Yoshi's Woolly World and trying to get all the yarn capsules and all the flowers and all the crap. Yeah, that's how I am in, like, in every game. But I looked at the – there was an article – I forget where it was uh, – Kotaku the other day. Like four people have gotten the Platinum Trophy. As of the, as of the writing of that article, four people have gotten the Platinum in uh, Super Meat Boy because I guess you have to get through all the worlds without dying once. What? And I think four people have done it. What? Yeah, so – and I, I, I like all my level grades were not – great mm-hmm. i think i got like an a in one level and i was like jesus this is the beginning it's like i don't want to i don't want to do this to myself well it's just so you know for super meat boy i think it's either i think it's a a plus or nothing so you're not going to find like b c's and f's and d's and shit mm. All right. so this was, you know because when i look back at the world map i just saw a pluses on like maybe like three or four of the levels and i was like oh god no yeah. no 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 a pluses are not I don't know what the like what the measuring stick is for it, but in the first world, if you kind of you know what to do now and you do it over again, you can pretty much guarantee yourself an A plus. Yeah, not so. dying is probably one of them, and that's a game where I would die a ton. Yeah, yeah, 
there's so many there's so many things to avoid in that game. I love how quick it is though. It I it, that game has to be fast because yeah. if it wasn't, nobody would play it. Like you have to have that instant respawn. Would you imagine if there wasn't? I don't think I don't think it would be nearly as popular. No, nobody would play it. Like it's um it's like playing a uh it's like playing a shooter or whatever and like dying and then like oh it's like Bloodborne. That's it. It's like dying in Bloodborne and then waiting forty seconds to get back in there. It's like, oh my god, this is taking so long. <laughs> yeah. Good old Bloodborne. You mentioned Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I've been playing M uh I've been playing MGS. And I finally uh I finally sat down and was like, No, oh, let's just do this. So I got past the extended tutorial, which took way too long. <laughs> uh switched to shooter controls and uh, I've been having fun with it. Um, I'm on mission nine, eight or nine, I think. Okay. I've been doing all the side ops as they come. Yep. Which is taking way too, like, I realized like, I'm gonna have to stop doing that. Cause I think there's like 40 missions in the game or something like that. I think there's more than that. Oh, good God. I think there's like a hundred and change. Oh, including side ops. I thought there was only like 40 or no, 50 wait, like, main think, story missions. I think just side ops. There's like at least 114. Great. I could be co- totally wrong. I've been away from the game for about two and a half weeks. And I've played a, a lot of it. Yeah, I think I'm like probably eight eight or nine hours in, and I'm awful at it. Like super bad. I'm not good at stealth. I was I'm, terrible at it. In the I'm meeting, good too. at murdering people. Uh, I put everyone to sleep, though, so I can fault them away. Yep. Except I usually fault them too close to other people who notice that there's a dude hanging from a balloon. Fif- then, like 50 meters. Yeah, well, I figured that out eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I go in with my, you know, my tranquilizer pistol, and I just shoot everybody in the head and just send them all the way to base. And that's that's what I've been doing for the whole game so far. Have you been managing your people once they go back? Yeah, a little bit. Um, trying to find the right people for certain things. Becomes very important. Uh, yeah. So I just got to the part where we built like an extension on Mother Base. And uh, like, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I, I want to see what it's like when I finally get to use a partner. I think I'm like a couple missions away from quiet, being able to get quiet. And you have a dog yet? I have D-Dog. Yeah, I got him in, I think it's mission four. Um, is he with you yet? He's not. He's not. He's not big enough yet. And I think quiet's at the end of mission ten, nine or ten. Uh, I think I'm on like seven, so it's getting close. I can't. I'm terrible with what happens when and what game. Um, I never pay attention to that kind of stuff. But um, D Dog is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I only have the horse right now, and the horse can't even poop on command yet. So oh, yeah. do yeah. it. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I do it at such inappropriate times. I keep accidentally calling the horse to me because I, I want to like uh, bring the guards over to me by like clicking your metal arm together or whatever. And, my, and uh, instead, sometimes I can call over uh, D horse and he just comes and stands next to me. And I'm like, this is bad stealth. <laughs> this is real bad stealth, which is how I normally play stealth games. But like, I'm enjoying it much more than I thought I was going to. And I'm excited to get deeper in where I can get better stuff. I just never kill anybody ever. I have to just like eventually get okay with killing people. I haven't real. I I've made a, a conscious effort to not kill people as much as humanly possible. Uh, but you do get to a point in the game where, like, once you get beyond the main stuff, you can just go nuts. Yeah. So once you once you get to that point, the game opens up in a completely different way, and uh, it's insane. Like running for cover. And stuff like that, and like outsmarting people, and looping around, and smoke bombing, and taking people out inside the smoke while the gunfire is going on—it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I haven't done any of that stuff yet. I haven't you really used smoke grenades or anything like that? I've just been going around very quietly, shooting people in the head with tranquilizer darts. 
which you think would kill them, but it doesn't. I love I love the pistols, but if, with all the other ga- uh, weapons in the game, the pistol is still my favorite. The only thing that sucks is that the suppressor keeps running out too fast. And I'm yeah. like, great, now nothing's suppressed. I like it took me too long to figure out why that was happening because I wasn't paying attention to the, the 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 icons on the screen, and so I you know if I notice that I just call in a uh, a supply drop. I ran yeah. into my first bear, which was fun. Did you fold in it? No, because I can't tr- I can't tranquilize it to sleep yet. Ah. So I, I shot it with all my tranquilizers, and it came up and swatted me in the face. Nice. So that didn't work out so well. <laughs> like, I'm having fun. Uh, I've been sitting down and playing it. I played it for, like, a four-hour chunk, and then it was like, like last Friday night, nobody was on Destiny. So I was like, I'll just play Metal Gear, and I played it for, like, another four hours. Nice. And uh, I have been don't understand anything that's going on in the story, even with Bobby's help. Like, I kind of understand some of it, but I have just I don't really care. Yeah, I haven't. I, I really don't care what's going on. Like, I usually, if I'm playing a game, I'm playing with friends and cutscenes happen. We have to hit the PS button to pause it, like to, to hard pause it so that, you know, you don't miss anything. And I can hear from the other room, like, dude, story. And I'm just like, meh. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I get what people, I you know, all the accolades and praise that have been heaped on that game. It's an amazing. I, game. I understand now. And I can, I'm probably going to only understand more when I can do crazier stuff. You're you're almost there. You're yeah, almost there. there. I'd say probably around like mission fourteen is when the game really starts to kind of let you do what you want to do, and uh, you start to get better people in different positions, and you you open up other sections of your mother base. Like once you open up your animal sanctuary, you're gonna want to be looking for uh, animals and setting traps and stuff. When you <clears throat> excuse me, like when you touch down onto the ground. My throat is getting really bad. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pardon me. I would pause the podcast, but I don't want to. That's all right. You want to talk for a second? Yeah, I'll talk. You've been talking, but I'm dying all of a sudden. This is why you should have got that water that I offered you, you <laughs> jerk. Uh, besides that, I, I've played some more Destiny, not a ton <clears throat> of it. Um, uh, still have not beaten the raid, which is just the Mets. I just blame the Mets because I could have beaten it multiple times by now. Um I'm like, it's good. Like, I, I just, I uh, finally got uh, one of the exotic scout rifles uh, that you have to do this, like, long quest for. Um, I forget what it's called. Bugalai Gemini or something like that. It's crazy looking. Nobody told me what? that you can only use or wear one exotic per character. Steve, that's something we've been saying since the game came out. I have a helmet on that's exotic, and I bought arms. I wasted 13 strange coins. Okay, on. well, you get strange coin like it's no big deal in that game right now, so <sighs> you'll be fine. I hate wasting that stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, like, uh, it's funny because we've got this whole thing now with um, uh, Mike Lazara, who was on last uh, last week, and he's just going on and on about new builds. Like, he's building, he's taking parts, and this is something that we haven't really messed with in the game, is, like, usually if you get something and you're like, eh, like, what I have is better, you would just get rid of it use it for legendary marks, but he's like saving certain stuff for certain types of builds. Like this is my raid build. This is my PVP build. And he like, you know, he'll, when he swaps to go to PVP, puts on all different armor that mm-hmm. in- increases things that he wants. Like he wants his intellect and discipline to be up. He doesn't care about his strength at all. He just wants to be able to use supers and throw grenades. So he'll specifically put on armor that lets him do that. Like, you know, lets the cooldown on that stuff hit its maximum. Uh, and we make fun of him for it all the time because it's all he ever talks about now. Uh, but yeah I got that exotic scout rifle and it's awesome um, there was another secret mission that uh, we we talked about it before where 
you can get the black spindle and doing that like secret mission from the daily. And there was mm-hmm. another one this week um, that required a few different steps uh, to get a, the like the upgraded version of the stranger's rifle that they give you at the end of like the actual campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a new exotic and it's called, uh, I think it's no time to explain, which is a famous destiny line of, I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. Okay. So they're kind of just rolled with it and took that name and named the gun that, and uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, and it's continued just to be like, you know, what it, you know, what I like playing when I'm on with my friends and going through the missions and trying to find, you know, new stuff and secret stuff, uh, which we don't know if we're ever like banging our head against the right wall. Um, that my raid group has to raid down to like a science now hard mode comes out this week. Uh, Iron Banner was uh, up over the weekends and I didn't get to play any of it. Um, which is annoying, but like I, I love destiny crucible. So if I can, I'll, I'll, jump in and play the you know once once a day at least just to get the marks i love destiny i love it so much so good i'm there with you now took you long enough it's it's a it's it's the same game but there's more of it and the more that there is is better than there was yeah i think uh and this is a point that giant bomb made is like they oversold the last two expansions and undersold this one Mm-hmm. Like just the quest lines, um, they can go on for a while. And yeah, like sometimes the quest line is like, go kill a hundred of these dudes on each of these planets. But you know what? What's changed is like, you don't have to do that in patrol. You can just go on any mission, even in the raids, that stuff counts now. Like you don't have to wait to like, well, all these kills that I'm getting on Vex don't count because I'm in a strike. Like, nope, they count. You're in a strike or they count, you know, you know, if you're on patrol or they count, you're in a raid, like mm-hmm. it all counts. I'm always looking up like the hot spots for certain things like the ultras and the cabals and stuff like that. Um, trying to like take care of the bounties as fast as possible. Oh, there's one. I mean, once you play enough, you kind of know where like they all they all spawn. Yeah, I'm trying to have three level forty characters. I'm working on a titan right now. I think I'm a level nineteen or twenty one, so I'm getting there. Yeah, but <laughs> you got the, you got you got the itch now. I haven't even started. Like I, I have the level forty Titan. I have like a level thirty eight Hunter, and I haven't even started my Warlock yet. But I just have too much fun with the Titan and the Hammers now to worry about the other two classes. My Warlock is pretty badass. She's, uh, she's quite cool. My Hunter was my first character. Though. So there's a gun called Touch of Malice, which is like one of the longest quest lines I think in the game. I mm-hmm. think I don't have it yet, so I don't know. Um, and I haven't really had the chance to like sit down and figure out exactly what I need to do to go get it. But while playing the raid, you kind of pick up a component that you need for it. So as I understand it. Um, it's one of my favorite favorite looking guns in the game, but it will have unlimited ammo. But on the last bullet, every time you shoot it, it will take off a part of your health. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. Okay. Uh, but it hits real hard. Uh, so that game's that game uh, that gun is pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, there was a really really great article on Kotaku this week. It's uh, Jason Schreiber Schreiber. I forget his last name. Uh, but he had hinted at it, like I have a story coming uh, today that everyone's gonna that everyone's been asking about for the last year. I think you're all gonna like it. And it was like, what the hell happened to Destiny? Oh, and I saw that. It was a long article on what happened to that game in between, like they're announcing it and then launch. And pretty much a uh, it goes into much more detail. But pretty much a year before the game came out, um, they explain like the way these games work is like. The guy who writes the story will eventually grab like a supercut of like cutscenes and story bits and everything and present it to the company. Like this is the story of Destiny, and uh, whatever that was, um, 
didn't go over well with the guys at Bungie. Like, they just did not like it at all. They felt it was too linear and um, too cheesy in some ways. And uh, they ended up scrapping the entire story of Destiny and making a new one in a year. Whoa. Which is why Destiny's story is not good. At least it wasn't when the game shipped. And at a certain point, they realized, wow, uh, this does not look good. We have to make this t- this gameplay as tight as possible because people are going to know that this story is not where we want it to be. And they go into the whole thing. They go into some of the things that the the story was supposed to do. And uh, if you like watch some of their promotional videos, they've taken certain characters and reused them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've you know I've heard rumors that there were some characters that were going to show up that never did. Uh, and they they kind of get into that and they they talk about reusing like well let's take this idea. So the Dreadnought was actually supposed to be in Destiny itself. And they were like, this just does not fit with wait, what's going on. Um, you were supposed to go rescue somebody from the Dreadnought. And they kind of just took the Dreadnought out and decided that we're going to go ahead and scrap that and use it for some sort of DLC. So there was another zone in Earth that was supposed to be uh, in the game that they, they took out. And they added other stuff. There was a raid on Mars that we haven't seen yet. Hmm. Uh, and it kind of goes into like all this very in-depth um, and like the fallout of what telling a writer like this story not very good what that does to the company and like so that dude left um not on good terms obviously and then like all the dudes that he hired left and it's like you know they kind of explained like all right you know this uh this pricing model like they're kind of going with destiny like kind of by the seat of their pants and trying to figure out what's going to work with this game and so they talked about that pricing model where it's like we're going to be offering instead of like you know small dlcs that you could pay for along the way for the rest of the year what if we just did cosmetic stuff that you could buy to like so that way they get the cash to go ahead and do these smaller DLCs now that we'll get for free. But supposedly next year, whatever the sequel to Destiny is, is going to be very, very different than what we're playing right now. Different how? Don't know. They didn't really get into it, but they mm. said it's going to be like a different thing. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, it's a great read if you want to see some like inside baseball on how video game companies really, you know, figure stuff out. But for them to take an entire script, cutscenes, everything from Destiny and be like, you know what? Wipe it clean. We're starting all over. It shows like there was some serious drama behind the scenes there and uh, it's kind of miraculous in a way that Destiny is even remotely good. Hmm. Because if I think if other games did that, it would show and like you threw a story together in a year. Um, well, it would be really bad, which Destiny Story really was, but it was the gameplay that held the game up for a while, and now it looks like they've kind of figured out what's going on with the story. I think it's still the, yeah. I mean, for me, it's the gameplay that's making it. The shooting is, is ridiculously yeah. good in that game, and, and just, I really like the environments. I want to see some new planets. I want to see some new places. You know what I thought was really interesting? I don't remember if I ever mentioned this before, but in the destination map in Destiny, if you look down in the bottom left, it tells you what galaxy you're in or mm-hmm. solar system. Mm-hmm. Why? Why does it tell us that we're in the Milky Way galaxy? Unless sometime later we're leaving the Milky Way. You think that maybe like every two years that we're going to go into a different galaxy? I think every two years that, you know, whatever the big sequel to Destiny is, whatever like Destiny 2 or 3, not in the off year, you know, expansions, but whatever those games are, are going to expand in a big way. And, um, I expect us to go to Jupiter. I expect us to go to different planets, and I eventually expect us to leave the galaxy for because otherwise it makes no sense that it's showing us that we're in the Milky Way. Let's go to Saturn. Yeah, I mean the Dreadnought is currently orbiting Saturn, so I don't know if we're actually going to go down there. Um, but don't kick him out. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go to Jupiter. 
Jupiter would be nice. Saturn would be cool. Yeah. All of them would be cool. Other planets that we don't even know about would be cool, too. Even, like, different zones on Earth. Like, they, they mentioned there was a whole other zone on Earth that we never went to that was completely different. I'd be fine with that as well. What if the sequel to Destiny is No Man's Sky? Yeah. And that's, like, the big reveal. God, please. That would be amazing. But Infinite worlds. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think now that they've, they've – I don't know how long they were working on The Taking King – uh, I don't know if they just decided like, hey, like this is us going to like our guy is going to try and tell a story. Uh, but it was like more Halo than Bungie was before, than, than Destiny was before. Mm-hmm. And so if that's like, hey, if that's what they're going to be building off of, like that's a good building block to start off of. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, like after playing through everything over again, that the, the Taken King stuff is definitely the best that that game has to offer yeah. in terms of... Uh, just like even the layouts of the battles were were a lot more interesting than they've been in the past. Yeah. So. So that's Destiny. Again, <laughs> again. Oh, that game. And Bob keeps playing it. But I get it now. I totally get it now. Yeah. And I I I concede. Bob keeps saying how bad it is and stuff, but he's on it every day. So. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Bob just I, likes to hate. I do get a little like I play it solo a lot. Like I I've been playing with Hugh here and there, but I played with Hugh earlier this week. Actually, like a lot of people, they're already in fire teams, or everybody has a different agenda when they're playing Destiny. So I don't really have like groups to go into like the bigger raids or like the bigger strikes and stuff like that with. So I've just been doing solo stuff, and like every now and again, I'll find myself not knowing where to go or what to do next, and like be like, all right, well. You know, I've done the bounties. I've done. I tried the daily. I can't land a good team. So here's what you do. If no one's on and stuff, um, there is communities like it's Destiny LFG, um, and they are raid. It's a, it's a raid group, and it's like, hey, I'm a single guy. I've never you know never done these raids before, and they will find they will find they'll put you in a group. They'll be like, oh cool, friend these guys and come play with us. Like I know it works because my group has started doing it on nights that people are like not on. I like mm-hmm. I get in and I'm like I don't know these names and so I message them like what's going on they're like we've got we they call them randoms but like we went to Destiny LFG and we got a couple of people to come play with us and it's totally fine so that's cool all right um want to take a question or two yes I got a question for you I like questions all right uh from the Nick JP on Twitter he wants to know who would win in a fight Aunt May or Alfred both in their prime of course Aunt May. That was going to be my answer, too. Alfred's too nice to hit a lady. <laughs> Aunt Maid. What about the Alfred from Gotham? I never watched Gotham because I don't like watching bad TV. Oh, low blow. Well, I maybe, think... Maybe him. Maybe. I don't know. But I would just always assume Alfred would never hit a lady. And Aunt May, Aunt May doesn't take crap from anybody. I was going to say, Aunt May strikes me as somebody who would... Not only does she not take crap, I think she would fight dirty. Probably. I think she would. Throw like hot wheat cake batter in somebody's face. Kick him in the solar plexus. Oh, God. Smash him with a frying pan. She's, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I have a question for you. Sure. This is from Byron, who is at Bad Knee Groon. With the NES anniversary passing by, best and worst NES memories. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll start with uh, with best. I uh, I didn't I didn't always own, um, it was a while before I had a Nintendo. So I had a lot of I had two neighbors that had Nintendos. My neighbor Mike Chipetta and Gina Perino were the two people that had them. Uh so I was playing Nintendo before like I'd go over to their house and I'd play like the Karate Kid 
or he uh, Mike actually had the robot. He had a uh, gyromite. So I got to see how that thing didn't really work. And uh, my mom used to go around to different offices and different houses and, and doing work for them there. And I would go with her and I would have to keep myself occupied for however long. And that was like one of those places where I first played Metroid and stuff like that. So oddly enough, some of my favorite memories of playing on the Nintendo is kind of traveling around as a kid and discovering like the different places where one was stashed that I could play it before I actually owned one. Gotcha. And um, and then eventually for Christmas or something, I did get one. And uh, I got the one that had, it was Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers, but it also had the uh, track and meet thing and uh, track and field. And it came with a power pad. And my sister and I, we had a finished basement in our old house and we would lay the pad out. And sometimes we would do the running, not always, because it was always easier to step off of the pad and lean over it with your fists and just pound your fists onto the onto the little uh, circles to make the guy run. So my sister and I would be on one end and the other end just beating the living crap out of my basement floor to see who could run the fastest. And then when somebody was going over a hurdle, you just take your fists off for a second, then slam them back down and then just keep on hammering. And um, my sister kind of moved away from games as the years went on. Now she she has no idea as to as to where they're at. Um but when we hung out as kids, that actually playing the Nintendo with my sister was like some of the fondest memories that I had because it was something we actually did together and we both understood at that point. Um, and then there's just a whole slew of terrible games. Like there was nothing worse than being really excited to play a Nintendo game and buying it. And like, because there was there were no like demo stations, no. there were nothing set up. So you would go to the store, you'd go to like Toys R Us and they'd have the little tickets inside of the sleeves and like you pull the ticket number and you give them to the guy and he brings it out and whatever. But like all you had to go on were the, was the description on the back of the box, which was always really overdramatic and overblown and screenshots. Unless you've played it in the arcade and it's a port, something like Kung Fu or something like that, you know, but like Ninja Gaiden, I remember it took me what felt like a millennia. My dad was getting pissed. He's like, you need to pick something today because I'm just, we've been in here long enough. And I brought home Ninja Gaiden and I still love that game. The first one, I don't know about the other ones, but the first one's amazing. But it was like $50, $60 yep. per game that if you brought, if you brought like something as stupid, I don't know, like the, the Noid game. Like, let's just say you were, like, really into buying their pizza and you heard that they were coming out with the game and you bought that and you brought that home for, like, $50, $60 of your parents' money and it was shit. That sucked. Yep. That sucked a lot. Um, also, other great memories. I had a video, st uh, video rental store that rented illegal games. So I've played, like, I played Super Mario Brothers 3 months before it had come out. And it came in this, the cartridge was actually like powder blue and it had a golden ribbon uh, flowing off of it from the back. And when you pushed it down into the system, it only went half down and the ribbon stuck out so that you could pull on the ribbon and the game would pop out so you can get it out of your system. Uh, I played that. I played some kind of like game where you were an infant child with a rattle that you threw the rattle and it, it killed enemies and they were like stuffed animals and evil ducks and turtles and shit do not know yeah <laughs> i think it was i think it was a japanese only game 
Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Uh, best memories is, you know, um, waking up at my friend's house to the smell of his mom making pancakes and yeah. seeing Ninja Gaiden being played. Um, and then for me, it was always Bubble Bobble. Like, Bubble Bobble was just, I've beaten that game so many times that with, game was with my buddies. And just, nice. I would play it right now if it was on Wii U. It's not. I looked. Uh, but yeah, like, that was, that was, that was it for me. Like, I really loved that, like, one game. And, like, I, I would go to the Blockbuster and rent games. Uh, my, that's where my worst memory came in because it wasn't like a, like a, a big thing for me. Like I just, I, I liked it, but it wasn't like, I, you know, I was buying games all the time. My dad would occasionally bring me home games, mm-hmm. um, or occasionally go rent a game for me. And then it'd be a game that you need the trackpad for. And it's like, I don't have a trackpad. Yeah. It's like, Oh, sorry. And then we just bring it back. And then I wouldn't get a game that day or whatever. Uh, but my worst is like, I, uh, remember renting Mega Man two okay. and not being able to get it to work, like doing everything I can blowing in the cartridge you know, of like doing the old trick of um, putting the the cartridge in and pushing it all the way down and then using a TV remote yep. to like uh, hold it down so it would play and stuff. Yep. And I just remember that Mega Man 2 when my mom was like furious that it wasn't working and uh, finally getting it on and she's like, don't turn this off. And so like Mega Man just stayed on for like three days <laughs> before we had to bring it back. And I think I like I got past like the second level or third level and just died and bu- uh, died a bunch. Oh my God. Yeah, but, like, I didn't really start even really paying attention to games until, like, the Genesis when I started, like, going and being, like, I want this. or like, I want to get this game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NES, it was just, like, you know, if I had something to play, I would play it. Unless it was Bubble Bobble because I really liked that game. I love – I kind of miss – well, I I really don't miss because of today's technology to this stuff, there would be outrage. But, like, all the different tricks that there were to getting the old school cartridge games to work. Like, you mentioned the whole thing, like, putting the, the remote on top of it. There was also another one where you would push it all the way in and then um, pull it out just ever so slightly so that it was like there was like an overhang a little bit as to like where the edge of the inside yeah, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the machine was so that when you press down, you had to like give it like an extra oomph and it would there would be that crunch that <laughs> would happen. And like you knew that it wasn't good for the system or for the game, but it made it work. But it worked and it worked every damn time. Um, another one of my favorite memories is the first time that I got the Legend of Zelda. Like that was seeing that gold cartridge was oh, yeah. a that was a big deal. I can remember the gold cartridge. That was a really big deal. I remember opening that up and just being like, oh, oh sun coming out and just like, oh my god, this is amazing. And that game was huge. Like it was to play that and and be lost in a forest where you had to um like go like you know east north south whatever yeah. to to get out of it and it was actually there was a certain path that you could take otherwise you wound up as, back in the beginning that was like new stuff that was the equivalent of getting lost in like an open world and there being no road signs or whatever you know and um like bombing walls to find secret areas and stuff that was all new it was unheard of at the time yeah uh we have a question from chuck who is that chuck uh is infamous sure and it's thoughts on that new Friday the 13th game that got announced. It was on Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to leave this to you since I don't play horror games. All right. So here is the deal. Uh, Friday the 13th is up on Kickstarter, as Justin said. It is has 23 days left to go. They need 700,000 to reach their goal. They are at 473.4 thousand. With 7,260 backers um it looks to be who's putting this thing out 
Randy Greenback Gun Media is, uh, I guess, the company trying to do this. Um, so the big question that I had immediately was, who do you get to play as? And it looks as if from this that you're going to be uh, get to be Jason as well as the counselors. And there's going to be a multiplayer component where you square off like Jason versus seven counselors or Jason, you know, the the reverse way. But you have to kind of stalk them out as they try to protect themselves and take you out. Now, as awesome as that scenario sounds, here's the thing for me. Jason kind of dies like you have to be pretty creative to get rid of him. You have it has to be elaborate or it needs to be a specific way because he's he's like an undead demon truck thing that just keeps on coming. So they've had to dispatch him. You've never seen the movies. Nope. Okay. Um, I know he just doesn't go down by shooting him in the face. Yes. He gets up. He he kind of, you know, regenerates to a degree. Uh, even if you blow him up, he can like pull himself back together in certain instances. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. They they didn't really know what they were doing with Jason for a while. And then they decided to go really off the rails. But um, I'm curious as to how the environment is going to come into play with this game. Is there going to be enough stuff within the game world for you to get creative? Like, I don't want it to turn into like a not not a call of duty because I think it is going to be third person, but I'm picturing something kind of like until dawn, but like graphically and atmospherically, but with like, say like evolve type gameplay, maybe third person evolve type stuff. Jason being like the big bad, like the beast and then having a whole bunch of other people trying to take him down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm imagining. Um, even though you're not a fan of the character or series, um, does any of that interest you? I could. I, I need to see it first. Yeah, well, that's kind of, yeah. I need to see an action. they got a couple of screenshots here. It looks really authentic. The The character model for Jason looks fantastic. Apparently, they've gotten uh, Kane Hodder, who's played the character several times, to uh, act as the, like, the mocap body for Jason's character which is awesome that he that he agreed to that or that they got him on. Uh, you're going to get to play characters like the girl next door, the edgy guy, the jock, and uh, you know all the people that you've seen Jason uh, stuff into sleeping bags and then smash them up against trees. It was one of the best ones. Uh, and it's being made with the Unreal Engine. So that was also, uh, they used Unreal to make that Star Wars game I talked about earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this has got stretch goals. Of course, they haven't... Uh, they haven't met any of them yet. 700 that the game gets made. But they've got a ton of extra stuff that they look like they want to put into the game. Man, this list is long. But uh, it's all... Oh, they got a 4 million on here. But anyway, we won't see any of them unless people uh, give their money. they got a couple of cool packages. Physical copies, digital copies, so on and so forth. Um, I'm sure... I don't know, but if you give them enough money, they'll probably make you into a counselor and stick you in the game. Or whatever, make you have like a cool death. That's probably a lot of money, though. Um, maybe they'll let you like choose one of the death animations or something. Like you could pick a favorite from the movies on how he dies, and they'll implement that into the game. Um, I don't know if you want to check it out. Uh, just check up uh, Friday the Thirteenth Kickstarter in Google. I would imagine the first link that you find will be that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I need to see more 
but I like the they have like this little announcement trailer and it's very it carries the tone of the first film and they even go so far as to use uh, Mrs. Voorhees as opposed to Jason in the trailer. So I'm wondering if maybe the game is going to have some kind of progression to it. I wonder if maybe you're even going to get this could be like a space level and you can do Jason goes to space. That was the 10th one. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that much. That one was that one was just ugh. it was great, you could say it. I yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember I enjoying it. I bet you it was it. not great. I remember enjoying it. It had some good kills in it, for sure. But uh he takes the girl's face and like puts it in like antifreeze and then smashes it on the side of the the counter and it shatters. That was good. That was good stuff. Not as good as Leprechaun in space, though. I don't even want to know. That will forever. He erupts out of a man's crotch. All right. That's how he comes back. The whole I don't ever I don't want to know part, and then you tell me. It doesn't go together, but that's just fantastic. We well, got time to kill, man. Nah, I got time to kill. That's right. I'll be thinking <laughs> about that later. Ah, uh, you're welcome. Let me see. We got any other questions? I feel like we have like one more. Oh, by the way, happy Back to the Future Day. It will be yesterday when you hear this. But uh, real quick, what is your? Have you seen Back to the Future? Yes. Do you like it? Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember liking it. Okay. It is my favorite trilogy, film trilogy. It's a good one. It is. It is. It's funny how they they managed to kind of stay the same uh, story beat wise, but managed to do it differently and and charmingly in each one of them. Even the third one's good. Some people don't like the third one, but so in twenty crazy. They said in twenty fifteen. I think it was they go, they traveled to twenty fifteen. Right. That's why everyone's freaking today. out. today. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cubs were supposed to win the World Series, mm-hmm. and the Cubs were one series of you know as of right now they're one round away from the world series. So everyone was like, it's destiny and the Mets are getting in the way of that. And I hope they continue to sorry, Chicago. If I don't get my jaws 19, they don't get their cubbies win. That's what they got a lot of jaws to go. Then start making them crank them out. Nike announced that their, uh, their self-powered laces are now out today. You can pre-order them. Yeah. You can pre-order them. They come in 2016. I don't know. Actually, I didn't even see the thing for pre-order, but I know they're coming in 2016 because they had, Michael J. Fox demoing a pair yeah. on Twitter. They look kind of silly. Have you seen them? Yes. I've seen them. They're ridiculous. Uh, do you think people are going to... Well, of course people, people are going to buy them. them. Yeah. So I was... Oh, who's I... Uh, I think I was listening to a podcast. It might have been the Beastcast. They were talking to a guy who was dressed as Marty McFly at New York City Comic Con. He said something that his... Like all of his gear was like... I think it was 1800 bucks just for like the hat and the vest. Okay. It's wild, right? That's, yeah, that's kind of intense. It is intense. It's very intense. Uh, what else is intense is the time. It's time to get out of here. I think it is that time. It is time to get we out We have here. a couple of questions uh, that we'll save for next week when everyone's here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a, we should have a full house next week, right? We should. I think so. I'll still be here. You'll still be here. And Bob will not be meeting with DJs. And pastors and whatever. <laughs> whatever wedding stuff he's doing right now and Jackie won't be filming a movie. So we'll have a full house. Are you in the wedding? I think I asked you this before. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I was like one cut from being in the wedding. Oh, so there was like, there was like, I think, it, I think they're keeping it kind of small, but he wasn't sure if his cousin or something, uh, was going to be in the wedding. Like if he was going to make it or not. And then I was going to take his place, but the cousin ended up making it. So you, want me, okay. you want me to take care of him? No, <laughs> It's Okay. <laughs> I'd rather just not have to do anything and just be able to drink. 
This is for Justin. <laughs> he wanted to wear the nice tux. He wanted to hold the rings. Uh, all right, cool. It's always fun to watch watch one of your longtime friends uh, get married. It's yeah. good times. See how goofy they get on the day. Smiling the whole time. I was incredibly goofy. I would have liked to have been a fly at the wall, on the wall at your wedding. I was very young and very skinny and did not stop smiling because there was a camera in my face the most of the time. I remember arguing with my wife, being like, while they're taking our picture, like, I hate this and I don't want to smile anymore as I'm smiling. <laughs> so you're standing there and you're holding the smile. And like, okay, hold on. Just another one. Another yep. one. Just take the damn picture. That was pretty much already. it. They're like, cheer up. It's only one day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at Talking underscore Games. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Games PC. And if you want to email us something long form, tell us how awesome we are. Talking Games PC at gmail.com. Uh, you can find this podcast and several others at TalkingComicBooks.com. And personal Twitters. My personal Twitter is at dead underscore anchorus justin i am at jaroke j-o-r-o-a-k jackie is at jackie turner on twitter j-a-c-q-u-i there you go and bob is at melfesto m-e-l f-e-s-t-o there you go uh yeah like we said the the crew should be back in action uh all four of us with any luck next week and um are there any releases between now and then yes what's Uh, oh between oh halo no, uh, well, yeah, Halo will be out, and Assassin's Creed is out this Friday. Oh. You think it's going to be better than the last one? Uh, judging from the fact no one's gotten review copies, no. Oh, shit. Well, I think the biggest sites got review copies, but some sites did not, and there's been no buzz about it. So it's either going to be a stealthy good game or really bad. Is Jackie taking the dive? Not yet. I don't think so. Wow. She'll eventually play it. It's amazing how much how much like a, a like one entry can really shake your confidence in something. Yeah, but thing I mean with Assassin's Creed, one comes out like every other day. So if just one sucks, you could just hope the next one is better. She's gonna play it. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. I'm gonna play Yoshi's Woolly World and maybe uh, maybe bop around, find somebody to raid with in Destiny. Oh, we have the um one more thing before we go. Um. Is it um, Games for Life? Extra Life. Extra Life is coming up. Yes. And uh, we will be participating in that along with uh, Talking Comics. There will be links to uh, our Twitch streams as well as our friends. Uh, the goal, I believe, that we're trying to raise this year is 5000 Seems like that's entirely yeah. doable. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come up with some kind of schedule and let you guys know when we'll be playing uh, we're going to try to keep it going for as long as we can. I know Bobby's going to try to do some kind of 24-hour thing. He's a madman. That's a man without children. He's blocking He's blocking off some time. Uh, I'm going to be jumping in with them for a raid uh, on Destiny or two and see what uh, what I can do. I'm trying to figure out what the Canadian internet situation is as far as using up uh, my girlfriend's time. But once I get that figured out, uh, we will be doing that. We hope that you join us uh, and check it out. And even if you don't donate to us, donate to uh, some of the many, many other worthy causes uh, throughout that period of time where people are trying to raise money for, um, you know, different charities and Absolutely. things that are close to their heart or probably, you know, family members and such. And uh, it's just a nice time, a nice time of year to be a gamer and to uh, think of other people. So that's it. 
We will catch you next week. Be excellent to each other. Oh, <laughs>